0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything. Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by Allsteelers.com. Hello, and welcome, lovely people, to Friday with Derek, the kid, November 12th. It is week 10. The Detroit Lions are on their way to Heinz Field for a 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. I learned the other day. I don't I don't necessarily like Fox games. I, it's nothing against Fox or anything. It's just. I don't know. It gives me weird vibes compared to CBS. I guess it's just abnormal. I don't like change. Either way, the Steelers survived a lot of bad news on the injury on the injury front. The Lions come in here. zero and eight. Things are looking good. Derek,
1: how's it going? It's going, on? On, man. I'm excited about a uh, four game win streak. Hopefully keep this thing rolling um, as they take okay. on Detroit on Sunday.
0: Four game win streak is good. It's a trap game. You think this is a, uh, a serious trap game?
1: I don't think track bands exist for this Steelers team, man. I think it's just <laughs> going to be ugly all year. I think this is just kind of the the style of play that the Steelers are going to have to play kind of the rest of the way. So I, I think it's just one of those games that will probably be closer than fans would like, but yeah.
0: Is it Uh, okay. So I, I agree with you this season and any other year, this is a game the Steelers lose. I think we both agree on that one. There's Actually, no question about it. They'd probably get smoked. Um, This season, I do agree. I think that the Steelers are very bad. Good enough to win and good enough to continue to win, but bad enough where they're not going to lose a game like this. So it is good news on the trap game. Before we get into Najee Harris playing against the Lions, a little Lions preview, uh, I do want to talk to you about a college football game that happened on Thursday night between – are you wearing the different shirt? I am, yeah. I didn't even notice. You should have had the camera, like, down the whole time.
1: Support support my guy, 7.
0: <laughs> uh, Pitt versus UNC last night, a Sam Howell versus Kenny Pickett matchup. I think at one point would have been looked at a little bigger, had a, had a little bit more momentum behind it, but Sam Howell has kind of moved himself to the bottom or maybe even the second round of the NFL draft at this point. Kenny Pickett, on the other hand, is making waves. He's making moves. He could end up a Pittsburgh Steeler. Everybody believes that that's definitely a possibility. What you see from the game last night, and uh, from our dude Pickett over here in Pitt,
1: um, kind of a crazy game, man. Like it was kind of a tale of two halves for Pitt and for um, and for Carolina, really. Um, first half, I thought Kenny Pickett was phenomenal. I mean, he was almost surgical throwing the ball down the field. Um, I think he hit three deep balls in the first half. Um, He hit Jordan Addison for a beautiful play, Um, really accurate, good touch, um, took care of the ball well, thought he was just in a really good rhythm. And then the second half, things kind of stalled out, Um, thought he was a little bit flustered, a little bit. Um, Protection wasn't as good, and I think that kind of affected him a little bit. Um, But you saw like what makes Pickett so kind of intriguing. He's a really polished passer who's been in a great rhythm all season. I mean, he's been accurate to all three levels of the field. Um, He's shown more mobility than I think people gave him credit for to start the season. So um, the only thing that I saw that were even like remotely concerning last night was just like his tendency a little bit to leave the pocket prematurely. Um, And then he had the one really the the interception on the screen pass um, late in the game. That kind of allowed Carolina to uh, almost win the game, but luckily the pit defense held. Um, that was really um, a poor play on his part. But I mean, I, I thought overall he played pretty well. Um, Sam Howe, I mean, he's working with absolutely nothing over there in Carolina. I mean, if you think is, the Pitt, is that the problem, if, if you think the Steelers offensive line is bad, <laughs> please go watch Carolina. I mean, the dude is running for his life back there. But I think you know, Sal he, or How, he's a tough dude um tough runner can run around a little bit has has some mobility to him uh he had a couple really impressive deep balls as well um but it's just it's he's so hard to evaluate just because I mean it's two seconds and he's running for his life back there so Carolina lost a lot of pieces to the NFL last year and like you can just tell that that's kind of affected Hal's play where he's kind of been a little more up and down on the season
0: Let me ask you this. There was a lot of doubt on Kenny Pickett coming into the season. And I even feel like even at the beginning when they were in that bit of a hot streak. Is that doubt kind of gone? Have we seen enough of Kenny Pickett to say, yeah, you are an NFL? I mean, there's guys that are saying this dude could go number one overall. And a month ago, people were saying he's not an NFL quarterback. Is it like where, where are we at? What's your evaluation of it?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I know Kuyper has him in the QB one discussion. I think McShea on the live on the broadcast last night had him in the same uh conversation. So I think um for me, Pickett is a little bit of a he's doesn't have enough of a high ceiling for me to go first round or like top of the first round type of conversation. Um, but I mean I could definitely see him being a starter in the league, like a baseline type of starter, somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, That's going to be solid, uh, maybe not spectacular. um, But, I I mean, with as accurate as he's been this season, his ability to push the ball down the field um, and, you know, prove that he's not, you know, a statue in the pocket by any means, I mean, definitely I think he's going to be in that conversation um, for a first round. I mean, this quarterback class is bad. So, I mean, he's going to benefit probably from that as well. So, Well, yeah, obviously. But
0: is he good enough for – okay, is he good enough for the Steelers? The Steelers are not going to have a high first round pick, and even if they do, I mean the AFC is so bad right now they could walk out of the AFC sure. winners.
1: You know? Yeah. I mean, ah, uh, is he good enough to start for the Steelers next year? I no. think so. What if if, <laughs> if the supporting cast is better than what it is right now? They've got to they've got to get a consistent run game. The offensive line will have to improve pretty drastically. Um, But I I think that you can get starter level play from Kenny Pickett relatively early. I mean, he's an older prospect. Like, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. Um, He does have, like, the small hands. But, I mean, he's got a good frame to him. And I think, like, he could definitely translate rather quickly to the NFL just because of how much college ball he's played. I mean, he's been at Pitt for five years. He's our all-time record holder for passing yards now. Um, I, I see baseline starter potential in Kenny Pickett. I don't know that I see much more than that. That's what would give me pause in the first round. Um, but it would be a cool story, you know, obviously for the Pitt fans that are also uh, following the Steelers. So,
0: I think that the Steelers, unfortunately, in a very bad quarterback draft, are kind Correct. of stuck yep. with that. You have to go quarterback. If you're not going to sign somebody or make a move in the offseason, you have to obviously bring in a quarterback. Does Kenny Pickett, if he does end up in Pittsburgh, which is a big if, obviously. And we, I I feel like you're going to say yes to this, or maybe you'll say no to this. And either way, it might upset some fans. Does he start over Mason Rudolph? That's the biggest question anybody cares about.
1: Does he start over Mason Rudolph week one? Week one. Uh, No, I I don't (laughs) think so. I mean, I don't even know 100% if if it'll be a conversation between a rookie and Mason week one, I think Mason just may no. be the placeholder. Like, I don't know how much of an open competition we'll see. I think it might be one of those things where this is Mason's team, but he's a placeholder until the rookie's ready or until Mason struggles. So I, I, I don't know that he beats him out or he could beat him out week one, but I mean, anything could happen. You know, we, we saw, I mean, heck, heck way back in 2004, Ben Roethlisberger was a third string quarterback heading into week one and then, Boom, two quarterbacks go down, and then, you know, they win 15 straight games or whatever. So, I mean, anything could happen. True. You know?
0: Anything could happen. I think if people had to guess or had to pick how it happens, the Ben Roethlisberger situation happens, unless you're uh, our boy Smitty over here going the other way around. Mason Race, Rudolph, Race, obviously, Race. you know, like we said, we've said it a bunch of times, not a fan favorite to Steelers Nation. Kenny Pickett definitely would be. I think that that might change or alter how people view him and the expectations for him. I think that, like you've alluded to in our talks before, that he'll have a longer leash. They'll allow him to make more mistakes. The problem with that is that the Steelers, they're supporting cast outside of the offensive line. Relatively good. Relatively large crowd. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they could keep guys like Anthony Miller next season. He's going to be a very cheap option. Maybe you can keep Juju, depending on how that situation plays out. Your offensive line is hopefully better, at least more molded. Kaepernick mm-hmm. could come into a lot. If that's the situation, what's the what's the ceiling for Kenny? I, I guess what's the ceiling for both of them? Because if you bring in a rookie quarterback, no matter who it is, you can't say, "Oh, he's a Super Bowl champion in year one." That doesn't happen. But at the same time, you can't look at Mason Rudolph and say, "You're a Super Bowl champion in year one," because that's probably not going to happen. What yeah. is the ceiling for whoever comes in here? And plays quarterback next year.
1: I mean, there's there's a lot of big questions. I mean, they've got questions even free agency wise on the defensive side of the ball with Joe Hayden as a free agent. You know, you've got questions in the secondary. Terrell Edmonds a free agent. Um,
0: Unless you're, uh, who said it on? Somebody said it on the Monday Night broadcast that James Pierre is a future superstar. Yeah, <laughs> use the word superstar.
1: Yeah, I heard about you know how few um,
0: superstars there are on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. Not enough to put James Pierre in there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what the ceiling would be. Um, but I mean, I, I just think next year feels like a transitional year and kind of this year has felt like that in, in a different way too. I know they were trying for one more run with Ben, but not sure they quite get to where they want to be. But next year is gonna be different. I mean, it all depends on the quarterback play. I mean, I don't think it's realistic to expect to contend um, with a rookie, but I I mean we kind of I feel like with the time that Mason spent within the organization you pretty much know what, about what you're going to get from him, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I don't think he offers you a incredibly high ceiling either. But, you know, they've still got some good building blocks in Watt and Fitzpatrick on the defensive side of the ball. It's really just about they need to fix this offensive line. That's the This offensive line is going to continue to grow and develop, and they need to add top-end talent there too. Um, if they do that, it'll be a good situation, in my opinion, for a young quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I do say I, I'm – I've been looking at the AFC in a very optimistic way. Can the Steelers win the Super Bowl this season? Probably, like nine out of ten, like ninety-nine percent chance they cannot do that. Yep. Can they get there? Possibly. That's that's definitely a possibility. Anybody in the AFC right now could get there.
1: The AFC is just a complete mess, man. I mean, I a, agree a mess. I agree. Yeah,
0: like you're not. It's the the divide between a. Might miss the playoffs NFC team and a top-tier AFC team are pretty close. That's a scary place to be. Before we move on to the Steelers' injuries and Najee Harris and Chase Claypool and all that good stuff, what was said on ESPN? I don't know who said it. I was told after the game that among all of the nonsense that was said on the Monday night broadcast – I heard it was brutal. It was brutal. I heard it was brutal. I heard heard they suggested – Going for two when the Bears were up one or something, or were tied the game, made zero sense. Um, obviously the Najee Hair is sleeping on the floor thing. And then I heard that they went on a pretty long rant about how James Pierre is a future superstar for the Pittsburgh I mean, Steelers.
1: Pierre played like 10 snaps on Monday He I, I did he
0: like. played exactly 10 snaps, but but That fumble on special teams that, you know, granted is a good play. It's a a good play, but this is special teams. It's not like you're running down, trying to punch the ball out. You're going 110 miles per hour. You hit something. Chances are something moves. It happened to be the ball. It was just good timing. It was a good play by James Pierre. I do like James Pierre superstar. Come on, come on. On the injury front, the Pittsburgh Steelers head into Sunday with much, much better news than we imagined after worry that Najee Harris might not be able to play after sustaining a foot injury we're not sure when but if I had to guess it was Thursday at practice he was limited he came back on Friday was a full participant again a little bit of a scare because media availability got canceled last minute obviously not a good sign he has no injury tag clean as could be Along with center Kendrick Green, who had a hamstring injury on Thursday, an aggravation of a of an injury he's been dealing with pretty much all season long from time to time. At one point, this could have been a Benny Snell Jr., J.C. Hassenauer show, even against the Lions. It is not. How big of a disaster did the
1: Steelers just avoid? A big one. <laughs> A really big one because I, I mean, I think I speak for pretty much everybody um, in Steelers nation that I have absolutely no desire to see 20 carries between like Benny Snell, Kalen Bellage, any of those guys. I mean, the run game has been pretty uh has been more bad than good. And that's with Najee. And I think we all agree that most of that blame could be placed on the offensive line. So um it's a really good thing. Like they, they need Najee Harris to be healthy um, throughout the rest of the season, really, especially like with how limited Ben's been at times and like them trying to keep him healthy and upright as he's dealing with multiple injuries of his own. So, um, and over the win streak too, like, I mean, they've, they've kind of reduced the amount of dropbacks and potential scares for injuries for him. So I think that's kind of the the reason you need Najee Harris is because, you got to take Ben can't do what he did last year and lead the Steelers to the playoffs, throwing the ball 600 times. Like he just, his body's not going to hold up. So it's a really good thing for the Steelers that Najee's um, healthy. Um, I'm excited to see if this offensive line can rebound against this Detroit front after really, really struggling and honestly getting their, their butts handed to him a little bit by Chicago last week in the trenches.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It is a good opportunity for a bounce back, especially for Kendrick Green who had a pretty bad game.
1: I mean, and shout out to Eddie Goldman and Akeem. Oh Hitch, yeah, yeah. They absolutely. Um, I know we've we've harped on a lot about how bad you know the interior offensive line, Dan Moore, they played on uh, Monday night. But you know, Chicago came in there and they they fought and just they. I mean, they dominated up front. So I mean, you got to give credit to them too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of course, obviously, and Kendrick Green's a rookie. Dan Moore's a rookie. Yep. I think Dan Moore's leash is definitely a little shorter. But yeah. when Kendrick Green screws up, I just say, well, eventually he's going to have a good game. That's what he's had all season. Yeah. When it comes to the running backs, man, that could have been bad, bad. Because like you said, you can't ask Ben to throw the ball six times a game, but that's what you would have to do if Najee does not play, yeah. which is concerning heading into the game because if he has a foot injury, he's a workhorse. I get that. And I never expect somebody to get hurt during a game. But if he has to take some time off and it's just Benny Snell and Kalen Blash who have Proven nothing, but apparently have proven enough to make Anthony McFarlane inactive on Monday night. It could be a complete disaster. I said earlier, Anthony Anthony Miller, call him up from the practice squad, toss him in the backfield, see, you, what can <laughs> see what he could do. See what could happen. They will avoid that. I think this week, though, when it comes to the Najee thing, it, it kind of just puts emphasis. You got to let Anthony McFarlane get some groove going in this thing. For one, you have to make him active. It makes no sense for him not to be active last week. This week makes even less sense because Benny Snell has proven nothing and continues to prove nothing. Kalen Blash, I get it. He had more upside or he's a better player than Jalen Samuels. He's not a better player than Anthony McFarlane. He's not somebody that's going to be a lead or a feature back anywhere. It needs, to, it, it needs to be a game where McFarlane at least has some groove, takes some pressure off of Najee at the same time. Will it happen? I don't know. I don't think we'll know that until Sunday. But it didn't make any sense for him not to be there on Monday. And if he's not there on Sunday, I think that's another concern. When it comes to the wide receivers, no Chase Claypool, obviously dealing with the toe injury. He's week to week. No Juju. It's just a Deontay James Washington who played well on Monday and Ray Ray McLeod show with good old Cody white coming off the bench and maybe Anthony Miller coming up from the practice squad is, I mean, it's the lions, but is that still a little bit concerning?
1: Uh, I mean, I think if you're going to pick a week to do it, this is the week. Um, (laughs) but I, I would, I would 100% be in favor of getting Anthony Miller some snaps on offense on Monday or on Sunday. Um, Ray Ray's a really limited receiver. I mean, even with Juju being down, you haven't really seen him pick up his production despite this number of snaps that he's played. James Washington's really going to take over that Z position now that Chase Claypool's out for at least a week or two uh, with the toe injury. So I'd love to see them work Anthony Miller in in there just because I think he has more upside as a receiver. Um, I mean, he's proven at least at times through his career, even though the inconsistencies and things like that kind of have plagued him, he's at least proven to be an NFL receiver. And that's kind of more than you could say for guys like Ray-Ray McLeod and Cody White who really haven't been able to do much, if anything, like when they're on the field. Um, Cody White really hasn't played much offense at all in recent weeks, even now that he's on the 53. So I see no reason why you can't try to implement Anthony Miller into this offense. Um, Just try to see what you got in him. I mean, um, who knows, maybe he can give you a little bit of a spark.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know how much I don't know how much of a spark the Steelers offense could even generate. Yeah. At this point, outside of yeah. just anything from Najee. There is Eric Ebron back this week. Do you expect him to uh to do anything?
1: I hope so, man. I I still am holding out a little bit of hope that like maybe Ebron. I mean, I thought about this when Juju went down, but we didn't really see it before Ebron got hurt the past two weeks. But I, I kind of thought Juju being down, maybe they work Ebron a little more in the slot. Um, in some of those uh, detached roles where he can kind of work over the middle or underneath. But Eric's going to have to catch the ball. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. I mean, I, I think that's been the uh, – you know, he had a couple drops early in the season, and then now we've seen the emergence of Zach Gentry, who's been pretty reliable the couple times he's been throwing the ball. He's also a better blocker than Eric Ebron is. So who knows? I mean, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to use him in some form or fashion, even if it's only for like 15, 20 snaps or something like that in the passing game. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I'm interested to see like the division of labor between like the receivers and the tight ends this week um, without Chase Claypool. So
0: could be could definitely be a lot of tight end and use. I don't think I thought about that. Maybe a little 13 personnel yeah. <clears throat> when it comes to the Detroit Lions. 0 and 8. Jared Goff. It's a very underwhelming team, but there are some good parts. There are also some very bad parts. We're gonna start with the offense when you look at the Lions offense, what stands out to you in both a good way way and in a way that the Steelers might be able to take advantage of?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Goff's been around a long time. He's got a a good amount of experience for a first-round pick. We all know about what happened in his fallout with the Rams, but um, I think really it starts up front. I mean, they have some big news this week. They get uh, Taylor Decker back, their left tackle, who's been a really good player for several years now. He's missed the first eight games of the season, I think um dealing with a finger injury if I'm if I remember correctly um but that's also going to slide their first round pick Panay Sewell um back over to right tackle where he kind of struggled a little bit at times this season we all know who he's going to be lining up against which would be TJ Watt um so that that's the big thing for them I mean Goff has not pushed the ball down the field at all this year his average yards per target is actually like 0.4 lower than Ben and we've seen like I mean the Steelers are throwing shovel passes. That's what their <laughs> offense is reduced to at some point. So, you know, like, he's not pushed the ball down the field. He's checking the ball down to the run running backs. Um, Receiver-wise, I mean, they've got a guy that I do kind of like um, coming out of USC. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, guy that can really get open in the slot. Good route runner. Um, pretty tough. I, I like him after the catch, too. Um but their other receivers, like Kalief Raymond, has had a you know his career year with multiple um, starts now, I think. They did claim Josh Reynolds from the Titans, who asked for his release this week. So we'll see if he even plays. I don't know. He's only practiced like one day with I was going to say, so,
0: he just showed up yesterday. So um,
1: a tough Really, the, the running backs are probably like the redeeming quality, in my opinion, of the offense. I mean, Jamal Williams, been a really good committee back for a, a little bit now. He was in Green Bay to kind of spell Aaron Jones. Um, and DeAndre Swift, I mean, I, I think we all know how, how talented he is. He's kind of hit his stride a little bit this year, too, and looked impressive at times. So, um, really, it's just going to come down to, in my opinion, if, if Detroit can at least hold their own up in the trenches uh, with their kind of plan at left tackle now fully in the fold.
0: What about uh, T.J. Hawkinson?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, I I well let me miss I misspoke let me let me say two the number one priority as far as like in the passing game yeah um he's had an he's had a good year I, I just think he's really limited with golf and he can only do so much but um I'm I won't be surprised if they try to get him more involved I think he had like ten or eleven targets last week had a pretty good game but he hasn't scored since like the beginning of the season it, like in some of that's like I see him open on tape. Um, and Goff just not being able to get in the ball. Goff's been sacked a lot, like 22 times or something like that, five times just last week against Philly. Um, But I I expect, you know, the Steelers have had a habit over the course of the season of double teaming and really prioritizing the opposing team's best weapon and not letting them beat them. So TJ's probably going to fall in that kind of category this year where he's going to see a lot of attention.
0: Let me ask this question because I asked it to Joe Shelbert the other day, and he was pretty adamant that, like, Jared Goff's a, a good football player. He's just in a really bad situation. I think a lot of people disagree with that comment. I don't know how I feel about that comment. When you look at Jared Goff, is it the Lions? Is it, is, did Jared Goff just say, okay, I got screwed out of LA? Somehow I ended up here with Dan Campbell and a bunch of nobodies? Or is yeah. he, you know, is he a fairly easy quarterback to pick apart?
1: I just think Jerry's a little bit limited in some of the stuff that he can do, um, and I also think like you know he he was playing really really confident in McVay's system a couple of years ago, um, yeah. and that yeah, that just that kind of magic good. has just kind of worn off. Like he hasn't been willing to push the ball down the field as much. Um, I, some of that is surroundings. I mean, quarterback play is unless you're like a transcendent talent you know, a top five, top 10 quarterback, you're always going to be a victim of your kind of circumstances. You know, if your offensive line's not playing well, if your running game's not uh, flourishing, I mean, the Lions aren't really doing very much of anything positive, especially offensively. So, and does the quarterback deserve blame for that? Absolutely. I think there's been times where Golf's hurt them and almost Mm -hmm. killed them out of games. But, um, I mean, Goff is capable. I mean, we've seen him play at a high level, at least in the NFL, so, I mean, you it's any given Sunday, and I, I know that Tomlin's going to probably preach that into their uh, their guy's head this week, too, that, like, you know, don't be surprised if he comes out and looks like he did a couple years ago, you know, if the situation's good.
0: Yeah, if the situation's good. You you said last week, I think you were like, this is Justin Fields' four interceptions. I think and they didn't do early. it. They didn't do it. I think you could have been a little bit of a week early. Could yeah. be a Jared Goff situation. Maybe. Fli- flipping sides of the ball here, the defense – not a lot of big names, obviously, or honestly, a, a defense that I don't even want to say is underwhelming, but just for the last couple of years, as they've just slowly gotten rid of a lot of superstars, have just become like something you don't even think about. When you dug into the film a little bit, what'd you see on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> that was nothing. It's kind yet. of the same thing as the, the offense, man. They're not really doing like a ton of great things defensively uh, either. Obviously, um, they're um, and 8. 8. Yeah, I mean, they've spent they spent a lot of money on Trey Flowers and that con, the guy from the edge rusher from New England. Yep. He really has not been productive at all for them, only has like a sack and a half on the season. Um, you know, it's just a defense that's really, I think, trying to figure some stuff out. I mean, they've dealt with some injuries. You know, when you take a guy like Jeff Okuda at the very top of the first round and then he gets injured almost immediately, um, you know, that puts a dent into your plans. Cause you're expecting him to be like a shutdown one type of the field type of corner. And he's just not like that. Um, they've even tried some like reclamation pro uh, projects like Charles Harris for a first round pick for Miami. Um, and just that hasn't really came to fruition either. So I think it's a team that's just very much like the opposite side of the ball. They're just, they're piecing guys together and they're just not having much success. So I, I think this is a, a potentially good game for the offense. I mean, you're not going to get very many better matchups, whether you want to throw the ball or run the ball. I mean, they're near the they're near the bottom of the league, pretty much in every category defensively. Um, they only have a handful of interceptions or turnovers on the year, so this is a game where the offense should not have problems at least moving the football and putting up like a respectable amount of points at home. That
0: that's the uh, perfect lead-in, actually. A respectable amount of points. What is a respectable amount of points? Because SI Sportsbook says it's 42 and a half. And I said there's not a chance in hell that they're scoring 42 and a half points combined in week 10 against the Lions. I don't think it happens. Let's get into some predictions here. We'll start there. The 42 and a half over under.
1: You just said that
0: the offense could put up respectable points. Last week, you were the only one that called all of it, actually.
1: No, I didn't. I, I got the Steelers covering wrong.
0: Oh, yeah, you did. I, did, I did
1: call the over, though. And the over hit, like, big time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over so. definitely hit. Was pretty uh, upset Love about you. that one.
1: Because <laughs> um, that was ridiculous. What, what's your prediction? What would you say earlier in the week? I
0: said under. I said definitely under on, uh, I think, overall. I went, so it's an eight-point spread. I did not take the eight-point spread. And I also went under on the 42-and-a-half.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, give me under, and I'll go 24-17 Steelers. 24 So does not cover the spread. Don't cover, but they win.
0: Goes over. 24-17. No, under, under.
1: Isn't the, the spread 42? Oh, I was right? going to say, yeah, yeah, 42 yeah. and a half. I was like, that 20, doesn't. 24-17 Steelers, it will be my guess. That's a lot of points for Jared Goff to score, I feel like. I, maybe we do. Maybe I'm saying, like, backdoor cover, like a late – Oh, I mean, we know, like, listen, another thing that we're not talking enough about probably um, with this Steelers defense is the Steelers defense has been kind of bad in some second halves. <laughs> I mean, we saw it and we saw it against Chicago on Monday night, allowing over 400 yards to a rookie quarterback in his first primetime start. And that debacle second half, letting them go right down the field to win the game. Um mm-hmm. That's really concerning to me. So like, that's another thing. Like the Steelers could easily give up like, you know, a late fourth quarter touchdown or something like that. I don't know that it'll be like seven point close throughout the game, but it just feels like the Steelers are because their offense is a little limited, that they're incapable of blowing a team out. And I guess I keep saying it every week on here that the Steelers are going to have this breakout game and they're going to force, you know, four or five turnovers. Um, but it just has not happened. I don't, it has not happened. The defense hasn't produced any splash and that's really why they've kind of been trending, like just kind of in the middle of the pack, as far as like most statistics or advanced stats, they just haven't really been able to turn teams over. So um, maybe they do this week and they blow Detroit out, but I I just, I'm going to stay safe and I'm going to call the under and they win, but they don't cover.
0: They don't cover. I I do agree. And I think the second, um, the second half thing is very concerning. I think the reason we, aren't talking about it it is being talked about and like all these player media uh, media availabilities it's constantly being talked about but yeah it kind of doesn't have much relevance right now because it's the lines i think next week against the the chargers it's like okay well you know you let off a second half comeback against the chargers you give up 100 rushing yards in the third quarter against the chargers chances are you're going to lose that football game You you could probably give up 100 rushing yards in the third quarter to DeAndre Swift and uh, still walk away 24 17 winners.
1: Sure, pretty yeah. I uh, the the one thing that I will say too um, about the defense is like they have been really good in the red zone, which has been great. I mean that's one of the areas that if you're going to have a really good defense, that's where you want to be good at on is third downs, the red zone, Uh, the takeaways is where you know they've had a lot of problems, but um, going down the stretch here though like once they get past Jared Goff I mean there's not there's no more Jared Goffs and Jared, Justin Fields or Geno Smith left on the schedule no that's that, and that's why I think like this week they they need to get right type of game for the defense because like the the schedule down the stretch is Patrick Mahomes it's Justin Herbert it's Lamar Jackson twice Baker Mayfield whatever Uh Joe Burrow okay. you know played really well against them well enough against them in the first matchup so This is a schedule that gets tougher for the defense down the stretch. And, um, you know, they're going to have to play much better than they did on Monday night.
0: I do want to real, real quick before before we get out, me and Donnie went through this the other day and I got his opinions on it. I want to get your opinions on it, too, because I've said a couple of times on this episode that the Steelers might be able to win the AFC. And I'm actually a firm believer in that just because the AFC is so bad, but also Mm -hmm. because their schedule gives them plenty of opportunities to do so. I want to run through the schedule with you five and three right now. We both chalk up the lions as a win. As we go through game by game by game, I want to see what your predictions are for not, not score predictions, but win or loss to see where they could possibly finish week 11 at the chargers. What do you feel?
1: That game's in primetime.
0: That is in primetime. 820 Sunday night.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: It stumped you on the first one
1: here. Yeah. I'll say – I'll say loss.
0: Okay. Okay. Week 12, 1 o'clock game at Cincy. Win. Win. Win at Cincy. Cincy is pretty bad right now. Comeback 425 game, which is always a weird time against the Baltimore Ravens. First time they're seeing Lamar Jackson, but it is at home. Um – Win, okay. At the Minnesota Vikings Thursday night game, but it's lost to Kirk Cousins. A loss to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings.
1: Yeah, in uh, prime only, time. I just I don't know. I, I've I've had that game circled like it was going to be terrible, and I'm going to have to watch that game from work. Like I won't actually be off work to watch it. So okay. I've been just dreading that day for a long time. All right.
0: So all around, real bad day for Derek and the Pittsburgh Barry. Steelers on. Uh, December December 9th. Nobody even watch. All right. Coming back home, Tennessee Titans, which could be huge. AFC leading Tennessee Titans right now, week 15.
1: Mm. I'll
0: <laughs> say win. Oh, okay. Okay. Heating up. Derrick Henry's still not back. That's cool. Week 16, things are getting real serious right now. Going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs at another 425 Close. game. A oh, quick look. There to Patty Mahomes. Week 17 coming back home. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield in prime time on Monday night. Win. Oh, snap. And then finishing off the season at Baltimore.
1: Mm.
0: I'll say loss.
1: A loss. All right. so But, but let me I, – I don't know about the win-loss against Baltimore. Yeah. As far as like when they're going to win lose, I do think they'll split with them. The Steelers play with Lamar really well, so whether they win that first matchup or win the second one, I don't think Baltimore can sweep us. Um, But, I mean, it just depends on what Baltimore game you get. I mean, they've been like us. They've been in a lot of close games, probably won more games than they should have. Uh, But with the way the Steelers have kind of defended Lamar, I've been able to turn him over in the recent weeks. And also, um, kind of an underrated fact, but Baltimore hasn't beat Big Ben in a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's cute, you know, beating Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But, you know, it's a little different, a little different when number seven is behind center. So it's um, cute
0: beating Doug Hodges. Very Yeah, I
1: don't see um, I don't see them sweeping us.
0: No, no, I, I, I always split the Baltimore games. That's just like a rule of thumb. We'll obviously come back to this in the upcoming weeks. But as a, if we had to break it down right now, you're saying 10 and seven for the Steelers this season I think that could easily get them at least a top three seed in the AFC if we're looking at this
1: I'm still holding out hope that the defense is gonna play like an elite unit and if the offense continues to just be what it has the past month or maybe just a little bit better I don't think that I think originally when I was running through it earlier today I think I gave them not an eight but I'll I'll go 10 and 7 I'll be optimistic for the
0: the <laughs> Ten and seven is a good record. I think for the beginning of the season, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is a eleven and six team." And then there was a lot of teams that were like, yeah, "This is an eight and nine team." This is definitely an eight yeah.
1: nine team. I mean, hey, a month ago we might have thought this
0: was a. It's top, uh, oh, a month ago, I this was four wins max, and this yeah. was win number two coming against the Lions. Thank you everybody for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at All Steelers. And follow us on Twitter at Nostrack at Steelers underscore DB. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Steelers football on Sunday, and we will see you next week.